Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey friends, Shauna here, and I'm quite sure that you've probably had someone tell you about their Enneagram number. It just seems like Enneagram is everywhere, everywhere I turn, social media, online. So I was curious, what is this thing all about? Does it matter? And how can you use your Enneagram number to help you with your finances? So our guest, Sarah Jane Case, is an Enneagram expert and is sharing so much wisdom, including why you need to think of your Enneagram number as your character structure, not necessarily your personality type. There's so much depth added to me when I started thinking about the, you know, our type as our character structure versus our personality, because I think character structure says this is this is just how I see the world. This is what I, this is how I operate and how I orient versus this is kind of how I'm showing up today. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. 
Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. You're already one of our biggest fans of the pod, but I want to invite you to go deeper behind the scenes with me every single month. Get all the scoops on what I'm loving, catch up on popular podcast episodes, and check out a video with a money tip in each monthly email delivered straight to your inbox. Plus, since I'm a big fan of having dessert first, I'm going to send you an exclusive bonus podcast episode, five minutes to reset your money mindset when you sign up as an added treat. Head over to mmoneypodcast.com and enter your email address in the box on the homepage to sign up. Again, that's mmoneypodcast.com. I can't wait to see you behind the scenes. I have to admit, at first I was like, no thank you. I'm not getting on this Enneagram bandwagon. Everyone else is doing it, blah, blah, blah. It's like those little tests that sort of circulate around Facebook and people are posting the same things. I just, I just don't always want to be a follower, but... I have to admit to you, <laughs> I did get a lot out of taking the free test online for Enneagram, figuring out what number I am. I'm a three, by the way, and then really thinking about how that character structure shows up in my career, in my relationships, and definitely in my money. So if nothing else, it was just another reason for me to look at my life through a different lens, just another something interesting to, to figure out how I operate and maybe why I make certain decisions. So I am pumped to have you here from Sarah Jane on how you two can use your Enneagram number in a positive way to propel your goals forward. And listen, you're definitely going to want to hit the repeat button on this episode for sure. So Sarah Jane, I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast. This is going to be an exciting episode. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I was telling everybody that I was doing a podcast about Enneagram and um, they were like, oh, can you ask this? Can you ask that? Can you ask this? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, we'll you know, we don't have hours and hours, but we'll try and get as many questions in there as, as humanly possible. Oh, I love it. Well, I feel like you can't go anywhere without somebody asking, like, what is your Enneagram number? And I think for the longest time, I was like, what? What are these people even talking about? And then, you know, I started to do some digging and I was like, oh, and then I, you know, I found out what my number was. And I was like, God, it's like so spot on. It's almost crazy. But for those listeners that are like still in the dark, like, what is this thing all about? Yeah, so the Enneagram is, it's essentially a map of human psyche. So it's broken down into nine distinct personality types. And each type has a different basic fear, a different motivation that can kind of exhibit some common behavior patterns or coping mechanisms. So, um, you know, it's similar to something like the Myers-Briggs, except for the big difference is that it's all internal. You know, something like the mm, Myers-Briggs yeah. says, this is what you do. And the Enneagram is really about why we do it. Interesting. Fascinating. Do you know like the history behind it? Like how it got started? Um, the very, very early origins are kind of vague and uh, maybe a little bit controversial. Like they kind of go back and forth. 
Um, you'll hear different things from different people, but it did, um, it was brought to the States from um, a man named George Gurdjieff and he um, passed it on and it's taken several iterations and kind of the iteration that we have now is, is really kind of finalized in uh, the work of Claudio Naranjo, who just passed actually a couple months ago. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I think it's always like fascinating to understand the history. And then why do you think it's like sort of bubbled up, you know, in the last year, particularly, I feel like it's something that that everybody's talking about. You know, my biggest guess with this is that we're just in a season um, culturally where self-exploration, self-love is really valued. And the Enneagram is this incredible tool for doing that kind of introspective deep inner work. And I just think that we're ripe and ready for it as a society. You know, the big, the last big time, um, that it was, that was prevalent was really in the sixties and seventies. And I think we're kind of having a similar resurgence. Yes. (laughs) Right. All the fashions are coming back. So it would make sense that all of the other trends kind of come back as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Like, I mean, we can just kind of, I guess, you know, go on our opinions about this. But I I think it's interesting that we're in this time and space. Uh, You know, we're getting ready to like sort of end, you know, the decade. And I feel like the the wellness mindset movement, like people are really embracing it. I know it's something I talk about a lot on the podcast, particularly related to your money. But I feel like we're we're in this time, like you said, where uh, these are no longer like taboo topics. Like if you tell someone that you're into mindset and wellness, it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, wh- what do you, are you getting that same feeling? Oh, completely. Yeah. And I think it's just, I, I think almost at this point in, in my experience, or at least in the circles that I'm finding myself in, it's like, it's not, are you into this? It's like, which part of this are you into? You know, like what's Ooh, your, yeah. what's your sauce kind of. I like that. What's your sauce? <laughs> That's great. Okay, so I have to ask. So tell me like what number you are and like what characteristics do you think like really define you? Yeah. Um, so I'm a seven, the enthusiast, and the sevens really focus on freedom, options, possibility. Uh we don't like to be limited in any <laughs> way, and um we really fight against uh you know, we say that sevens kind of are in constant running away from negative emotions. And so a lot of our work as a seven is the ability to really sit with the the nuance of life, right? There's positive and negative and really allowing ourselves to sit with those negative emotions is one of the biggest things we have to learn. Wow. That's so fascinating. So I'll let you like go on a little bit about about my number, if you will. So I'm a three, which when I read what three was, I'm like, I completely embody embody this. I mean, there isn't one piece of it that, that doesn't, you know, really feel like me. So tell me a little bit about threes. Yeah. So threes are driven to succeed, to achieve. Um, a lot of times our threes experience this um you know, a constant pursuit of upward momentum and growth. And, and a lot of times kind of the work of the three is really identifying, am I just doing this because it's what I'm supposed to do and it's successful? Or am I doing this because I really, truly want to be doing it and really stopping and and listening and, and evaluating why you are on that upward, upward track. And if it's the right track for you. 
Yeah, you you basically just described me to a T. <laughs> um, and then I know I will we'll dive a little bit deeper, like into different Enneagram numbers. But I know that um, when I took the Enneagram test, it had me as a three, but then it had this wing two. And I was sort of confused, like, just tell me a little bit about like, what does it mean when you're when you have that number after the wing? Yeah, so every everyone has um, two wings to their number. So it's the numbers Ah. on either side of you. So um, as a three, you can have two or four as a dominant wing, but you have access to both. And what that essentially means is that you're going to pull in and can pull in characteristics from those other types. If you have a dominant wing, which most of us do, it means that you just kind of lean into one a little bit more than the other. So as a three wing two, you're, you're kind of kind of balance out that desire for achievement with the two's desire to be helpful, to serve. Um, So you might be a little bit more hospitable, a little bit more hosty, a little bit more community oriented, things like that. Interesting. Wow. It's it's so fascinating. So I know you host the podcast Enneagram and Coffee. Tell me a little bit about like, how did you initially get interested in all of this and really learn, you know, the depth of knowledge that you, that you do know? Yeah. So I found the Enneagram through a friend, just like a lot of us do. Someone saying, have you heard of the Enneagram? And really in context of marriage and what it means to understand the other person in your life. And so at the time I was a business coach. And so I found the Enneagram and we typed my husband very quickly. He's a four. (laughs) Um, It was like no doubt about it. And then I took a long time. It took me about two years. And so in that journey of of self-discovery, I was really reading about all of the different numbers and trying to help my friends find their number. And I was just really fascinated by it as a method. And so I did all of this research. I was listening to every podcast, every YouTube channel I could find, everything I could find online. And then I started reading books and I read every book I could find. And eventually I was like, you know what? I'm doing this enough that I should probably just invest in education. And so I got certified um, through the integrative school based in South Africa. And and since then, I've done additional trainings with different schools and and really just cannot stop learning about it. Wow. I had just had had no idea that there's actually like a training or certification you can get in this. So then like, what would you use you know, that knowledge for, would it be like consulting with people or or how would you then use that, that knowledge? Mm -hmm. So at first for me, I was using it. I was working a lot with entrepreneurs who were, you know, usually solo entrepreneurs who needed to have a better relationship to their business. So uh, maybe they were overworking and undercharging, or uh, maybe they had productivity issues or they weren't seeing upward momentum in their business. So I was helping them to really use the Enneagram to understand how they're relating to their business versus how everyone else is relating to theirs, you know, seeing the difference there. And, um, and at this point I'm, I'm more so use it, um, for online workshops and, and teach the tool itself specifically, um, right. but before I, I used it as a coach primarily. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's, it's fascinating, like the different ways that you can use these tools and that they really can relate to people. And I could totally see how it would help like as an entrepreneur, but I, I'm also curious because, you know, doing research, like really 
doing my initial, I should say, search on Enneagram, you know, learning that like every personality has, of course, like a certain worldview, which makes us all really unique. And we have our own, you know, lens and filter for how we process information. But I think it's interesting to apply like Enneagram to how we make our money decisions or how we look at our money. And, you know, knowing that, of course, everyone spends money differently. I'm just curious from like the research you've done, is any of that like related to our number that you can see? Like, are there some numbers that maybe are better like spenders or savers? Or is there any way like to to dissect it that way? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And some of them are, are way more obvious than others, you know, but you can draw um, conclusions for the rest of them, right? Like um, fives tend to hoard their resources because they fear, you know, being depleted and having their resources depleted. Mm, yeah. Um, sevens, we like to avoid pain. So we tend to be spenders, <laughs> um, find things that bring us joy and keep, you know, repeating that pattern. <laughs> I love that. Any any other numbers really stick out? Yeah, so um, sixes, their number one primary focus is of safety and security. And so a lot of times sixes really value stability, savings. They fear kind of, you know, losing that safety and that security. So they might really value jobs that have 401ks, clear benefits, things like that. Um, less inclined to take those risks. And then, um, you know, there, there's just different ways that we spend our money. Like type fours tend to value beauty over, um, over Mm. most other things. So they're more inclined to really spend money on things that are beautiful and make them feel romantic or engaged in the beauty of things. Ah, wow. That's that is like when it starts getting that like microscopic, I think that's when it gets, it gets really interesting. So like if you're someone who took the any. Enneagram test and you you know what number you are, like what advice would you give to that person then for how they could correlate that to their money or like the decisions that they make? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that the Enneagram does for us is it really helps us to save, I think what it can often be decades of self-discovery. Um, you know, I think a lot of times when we're thinking about growth, what we're thinking about, the first step is really just figuring out what you need to grow in. And the Enneagram kind of hands that to you. Um, Oh, wow. And so I think allowing yourself to really think about, well, I have these motivations. These things are driving my decisions. So how can I look at those motivations, those fears, and see how that um, bleeds into different areas of my life, right? Like as a seven, I'm like options, freedom, variety, happiness, that impacts my relationship to money so intensely. Um, you know, my desire, it took me years to check my bank account every day because it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go in there because I don't know that it's going to be a happy thing, you know? And I had to find the joy in it. I had to find what brought me pleasure and freedom and options in that experience. I'm so glad you shared that because um, I talk on on the podcast often how I was a serial uh, ATM receipt avoider. So I would I would get the ATM receipt and I would like make some sort of like origami out of it and like shove it in my wallet and just I did not want to look at it. So you know for me like it, it taking you know being an overachiever, uh, you know looking at that number would then either like make my day or destroy my day. And I thought like this is so. Crazy. Like I'm giving this this number so much power over, 
you know, my interactions, like I'd be out with friends and all I'd be thinking about was this number on, you know, the sheet of paper, which is the, you know, most ridiculous thing ever. But I think that it's fascinating. Like, I'm so glad that you shared that because I think it's when you can understand maybe why you're making certain decisions, it, it really is quite helpful. Now you of course have to do the hard work and change it, but you know, at least you have that awareness. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for me, at least the switch being, okay, I think having a budget and a savings account is going to limit my freedom when in fact it actually enhances my freedom. Um, Ooh, do tell. Yeah. Well, because, you know, how I am able to make so many more decisions when I have a safety net in place than I was able to make when I was trying to just like live on every last penny that I had. Um, and there's so much mental freedom, so much emotional freedom that is available when I don't feel like I'm making desperate choices, you know? And, and as a seven, it's, it's tempting to, because we're really optimistic. We're like, oh, the future will be great. The future will work out. (laughs) And, um, you know, and that's true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it often can mean that you're sacrificing present mental happiness and satisfaction in favor of the potential happiness of the future. And, and I think that's what a savings account does is it really says, you know what? You deserve peace of mind right now. Mm, yeah. So was there like a moment for you where that all shifted or was it an evolution process? A hundred percent an evolution process. Like I <laughs> started with checking my bank account every day and that was a big deal for me. Like, and just saying thank you for whatever was present. And Um, and then the next big shift was, you know, I'm just going to practice putting $10 away here and there, you know, I'm going to round up my spending, um, and put a little bit away. And then just getting that initial bit in my savings account really revealed to me the comfort that it provides. Cause I think until I experienced it, it was, it kind of felt like, ah, ah, I'm just not spending the money I want to, that I'm making. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if you're up for it, but I thought it would be fun. Like if we went through the nine different numbers and even if you just kind of spitballed, like maybe, uh, you know, based off that, that personality type, maybe how you think they might like spend or save money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. Okay. Friend, I want to know what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding? or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical. If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this, they release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions 
vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince, and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com 
slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. So we should probably just start at the top. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so type ones, they are the perfectionist. Um, they really value being a good person and um, they fear being corrupt or evil. And so with type ones, I imagine that they they learned um, what the right way to spend money is at some point in their life or the right way to save money. Mm. And they probably are less likely to kind of step out of that. They probably have the way that they do it and the way that feels right. And there's probably a little bit of discomfort in, in changing or shifting or trying new things. Um, they also are probably giving a decent amount of money to charities or organizations that they really respect and value. Wow. One sound awesome. <laughs> I know. They're really good people. <laughs> I'm, I need more friends there once. <laughs> All right. So what about twos? Um, so type twos are the helper. They are focused on being loved and they really are afraid of being unworthy of love. Um, twos tend to spend a lot of money on other people. So they might buy you surprise presents. They might bring you coffee when you don't expect it. They really perceive the needs of other people and try to meet those needs. So a lot of times their resources and energy and time um, and financial resources go to the people that they're trying to kind of win over. Mm, interesting. So twos might have a habit of, of overspending in some regards to try to you know take care of somebody else or maybe they spend on someone else and, and not on themselves mm -hmm. yeah I have like an incredible two mom and she used to take me on on shopping dates but we would like we I grew up really poor and she would like get her paycheck and then take me out just so that I could feel happy um, but not even buy anything for herself ah, wow that's very two yeah. yeah all right so let's move on to threes yeah, so our threes are likely, uh, to, you know, to, to spend money on things that will make them seem or feel successful. So that could be a lot of times the struggle for our threes is that they buy all the things they want and then they don't feel happy. So they think that if I get all the things, if I get the car, if I get the house, if I get the shoes, then I'll feel happy. Um, but then the happiness doesn't come. So it's really finding, you know, where is the satisfaction outside of, of what you can, uh, acquire. Mm. Yes. I fully relate. <laughs> uh, guilty as charged. All right. Number, <laughs> number fours. Um, number fours are 
tend to be, you know, fours are action repressed. And so what that means is that they are less inclined to take action on things that need to happen in their life. So they might not, they might avoid their bank account, just like a seven might in a different, different reasons, just because it feels overwhelming, like too much. Um, they might, they also tend to lean toward, um, they might be a little bit more afraid of spending because they assume they don't assume the best. So they might assume that things aren't going to work out for them, that they don't have options, that things aren't working out in their favor. And so there can be a little bit of self-sabotage in the sense that they don't um, always believe that more money is coming their way. And therefore, they really can limit their options in that way, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, totally. And I can see how I, as a three, swing to a two or a four easily. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So what about our fives? So type fives tend to be pretty frugal. Um, Type fives are the investigator. Um, They have this, they manage all of their levels. They manage their energy levels. They hoard resources just because they feel like the world, the worldview there is that the world is out to um, take from you and that there's, Mm -hmm. you don't have enough to give. And so mm. a lot of fives like hoard food or hoard money, things like that. They really try to hold on to things and not give it away. So our fives probably have like solid savings accounts, but like no bed in their room or something. <laughs> Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. What about our sixes? So our sixes are the loyalist. They're driven by safety and security. And so a lot of times our sixes, their big work here is in taking the risk to make more money. A lot of times our sixes really appreciate like a middle management role where there's security there, but maybe they're not necessarily thriving, but they are safe and they have their benefits. They have their, they're not the one in charge. They don't have to answer to anybody else, but they also um, know that they have a stable job that can, that can limit our sixes in the sense of, you know, really upward growth, momentum, and, um, you know, financial thriving yeah. over just being satisfied. Hmm. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Gosh. Okay. What about sevens? So our sevens, we are driven by freedom, options, variety. Um, <laughs> you want it all? <laughs> yeah. Just give me everything. Literally, our our <laughs> phrase is like, "I want it like all the things." It's a very seven feeling. Um, and so sevens really have to work on what is true happiness, what is true fulfillment, and what does that look like outside of, you know, what I can, you know, this momentary satisfaction that I could have? So don't buy the, right. buy the plane ticket. How can you find happiness without spending um, and in ways that are actually fulfilling for you? Mm, yeah, that's very interesting. Wow. Okay. What about our eights? Um, so the eights are the challenger. Um, eights are kind of the these really strong, powerful forces of people who are driven by not being controlled. Um, and so sometimes what that, that can cause them to do is desire to be in control. So, um, eights may be like the one who handles the money in their household and that could be for better or worse. You know, they might want to be the one in charge, even if they're not the one who's best with the money. Um, and they may really, they might, they're pretty extreme. So they could be big time spenders or they could be really frugal, but either way, it's going to be like, they're the one setting the tone, um, for the finances. 
I think it would be interesting too, like for our eights to know their their wing, because if they swing more towards a seven, that is like you, like, you know, just you want all the things that would be like a really interesting, I think, uh, combination or balance there. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm a seven wing eight. So I have, I have a lot of eight in me, a lot of those tendencies for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about our last number, number nine? So our nines are the peacemaker. The nines kind of have this childhood message that it's really just better if you don't exist, if you're invisible. Um, so mm. what this can lead to is nines are really hiding themselves from the people in their lives in order to not make waves, in order to preserve their peace of mind. Um, they might merge with a group and say, you know, give up their preferences for the preferences of the people that they're around. So a lot of times nines can have their money story can really be impacted by who they're surrounding themselves with. If everyone's spending their money on something, they might spend their money on that thing too. And, um, and if, you know, really, if, if a nine's not consciously choosing different, um, it, their finances can be really be driven by the people that they're around. Mm, wow. So question, like if you're a nine or you're a one and you don't have a number next to you or those two numbers for the wing, do you then like, does a nine, could a nine be a wing eight and a one or how would that work? Yeah, good question. So the symbol is a circle. So it is like that it loops back around. So a nine does have a one or an eight wing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Very, very fascinating. Like it's so interesting. I think when you can break it down and then you can relate it to something like money or career or, you know, a certain, certain decision in life, because I think it, it helps bring those personality traits to life. And then you can see how maybe you have, um, you know, you have embraced some of those qualities in the different patterns that, that you've yourself have done in life. Yeah. So, so going back to your podcast, I'm, I'm super curious, like, you know, what are some of the topics that, that you talk about? Like, have you had a favorite episode or like, how do you break this down? Like episode after, after, after episode. Mm-hmm. So my favorite episodes are the mistyping episodes because it did take me so long to type myself oh. and I would find myself saying, oh, I think I'm a one, I think I'm a seven. Um, and so what I do with those episodes is I break down, okay, here's what a one is. Here's what a seven is. Here's what they have in common. Here's what the differences are. And then I call in a friend who is that each of those numbers. So you can hear the difference in how they speak. So I did one on twos and nines, and you could really hear the difference in really? the way that the type two speaks and the way that the type nine speaks. Wow. So there's like a different, is it is it in like their tone or in their pacing or? Yeah. So with the two and the nine, the big difference is that um, our nines, they you know, they're, they're a little bit numb to themselves. And so they don't always know what they want or what they need or what they're desiring. And so when I ask a nine, you know, what's your big dream? That's a really hard question to answer. And so it takes some time. And so there's a lot of pausing, a lot of spaces, um, a lot of like, ah, this is a hard question for me. Whereas a two, so much of their life is in pursuit of loving other people that if I say, you know, what's your, what's your purpose? They say to love, you know, to, to be in relationship. And it's a little bit more direct, um, and clear. 
Wow. Yeah. So you talked about like, like mistyping. So is it possible like that you could take the Enneagram test and whatever spit out at you is not a true reflection of the number that you are? Yes. So most, especially the free tests online, most of them are like 50 to 80% accurate. So it's pretty hard to test accurately on. And so I do really encourage people to read through the numbers and see which one you relate to the most, because um, at the end of the day, it's internal, it's motivation-based. And so you are the decider for what your number is. Mm. So are there any like any, uh, you know, like guidelines or tips you could tell someone, like if they're oscillating between like a couple of different numbers for maybe how they could go, okay, no, 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 this is, this is my number. Yeah. So I'm really big on like pitting the motivations against each other. So what I mean by that is as a seven, I, when I was deciding, am I a one or am I a seven? I, when I looked at the behaviors, I have a ton of one behavioral tendencies in the sense that I'm like ritualistic and routine oriented and structured. And and I think I'm organized. Um, but the motivation there is to not to be a good person versus to be free. And I had to ask myself if I had to choose to be a really good person or to live a free (laughs) existence. Like if I'm really, really honest, I can really, I can change my definition of what a good person is in order to be free. And that's uncomfortable to say. You're not supposed to say that, but (laughs) it's true, you know? Yeah. Can you, can you, like, as you move through life, do you find that people will gravitate more towards a certain number or is it pretty much fixed? Like once you figure out what your number is, that's pretty much who you are and who you have been and will be. Yeah. So, um, you are your number your whole life. So, um, usually they say like at this point in our lives, right. Most of us, as we get into our thirties or forties or whatever, we really have done a lot of work. And so we might not see the behaviors as strongly as we did when we were like early twenties, late teens. And so if you can look back to that time of your life, it's a little bit easier to type yourself because you're a little bit less filtered. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of like a pure form of what our number was, but but it does stay the same. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I was just curious, like, you know, do you do you flip flop as you change throughout life? But it's so it's so awesome to know that, okay, this is pretty much who I am. And then, you know, learning how to operate like within that, you know, guidepost uh, to live, you know, the, the best version of life, I think is uh, is is super cool. Well, we have talked so much. Gosh, you have shared so much. This is like going to be helpful for so many people that are trying to figure out how to then translate, um, you know, their Enneagram number to, to money and to life. But I would love to know, like, one tip, like, how do you think we can incorporate our Enneagram number best, like, into maybe our, even like our daily decision-making process? Mm. I, you know, I love the question, am I doing this on purpose? Or do I think this is what I have to do to be loved? Mm, Yeah. So with the Enneagram, a lot of our, a lot of our like character structure is built around, this is what I need to be to be loved. As a seven, I think I have to be happy or I'm unlovable. And so if I think back to, you know, if I am in, in a moment in my life and in a decision place and I'm like, oh, okay, I could do this or I could do that, you know, which one am I doing? Because 
is what feels right to me or which one am I doing because I think, well, this is who I have to be in order to be lovable. Gosh, that is such a that's such like an exclamation point because me as a three feels like I have to be successful in order to be lovable. And if I'm not, then I'm invisible, which is crazy because I can remember back to a kid and feeling that way. And, you know, it feels as probably anybody, any number, any characteristic that you feel, it feels inescapable. Like, I know that's not reality that, you know, I have friendships and people love me not because of what I achieve, but because of who I am. But for me internally, that feels like I can't like run out of the room fast enough to get away from that. Like it's just, it's just with me. And so I think that's like, gosh, like such a good point to point out. Like, why are you doing something? Why are you making that decision? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, you know, there's so much depth added to me when I start, started thinking about the, you know, our type as our character structure versus our personality, because I think character structure says, this is, this is just how I see the world. This is what I, this is how I operate and how I orient versus this is kind of how I'm showing up today. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like this, okay, this is with me and every day I get to choose if I'm going to let it lead or if I'm going to make decisions that actually support who I want to be and how I want to live. Gosh. All right. So (laughs) you have now totally inspired me. Like I love, I love that, that it's something that you can work within the framework and that you're right. It is like a character structure, not who you are. So you can make that conscious decision knowing this internally about yourself, you know, which way you're going to go or what are you going to believe or what decision are you going to make or how you're going to let that hold you back? You know, I think like, especially with money, I see so many people that they want to do things, whether they want to move or start a business or buy a house, or it could be something small or something big, but they feel constrained by either my parents have told me I'm this, or I believe I'm this, or my spouse or significant other thinks this. And so it's like, you can't get out of that box. But like, you just gave us permission to think about it in a way of like, no, no, you get to make the decision of whether you you get out of that box or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and really being able to say, you know, honor the fact that like, when our character structure, when our type pattern starts screaming at us, and it's like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> just saying like, you know what, there's a little kid in me that is scared and that's okay. And you're okay. And you're safe. And we can make a different decision and we're going to go this way. And that's all right. You know, just like we would talk to a kid, you know, our own kids, like, we're not going to be like, you know what, just buck up and walk through it. We're going to (laughs) say, I understand that you're scared. This is how we can, you know, what we're going to move forward. We don't have a choice. We're going to move forward and you're okay. And wow, Sarah Jane just like blew my mind there. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at Enneagram and Coffee and check out our podcast, Enneagram and Coffee, if you want to really do like a deep dive into Enneagram. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you love what you heard, share it around, head to iTunes, leave us a review. It's the best way to spread the millennial money love and we can get even more ears checking out our episodes. I'll see you back here in a few days with a brand spanking new episode.